You are listening to the LA Sports Roundtable. Inglewood, Linwood, Maywood, and Bell Gardens. All my boys indicted. Pray to God you beat them charges. Yeah, regardless, LA is heartless. We love to start shit. A blunt, we spark it. Smoke and bomb, no never that garbage. And when I'm gone, put my soul to rest on this holy land coast where the sun sets. This the home of the Dodgers. This the home of the Lakers. Shout out to the Bay, but this the real home of the Raiders. Welcome to LA where the palm trees sway. But don't you get it twisted when you come this Welcome to the LA Sports Roundtable. This is the HAF. With me is the Toyanator, Matt Montoya. There's absolutely no reason for that. If he was Native American, his name would be Runs on Water, Throws Wounded Duck. We're here podcasting the LA Sports Roundtable to you from our T1 studios. Here at the Roundtable, we talk LA sports. To those of you who listen, thank you. And please give us a shout out and a follow on Twitter and Instagram at LA Sports RT1. In this episode, Montoya and I discuss the Lakers and Clippers in the playoffs. Why the Angels suck so bad, the offensive line of the Rams, and which NBA team owns LA in our Who's Better segment because we compare LA teams and we decide who's better the NBA playoffs are in full swing unfortunately Adam douchebag jersey ad and silver is again done damage to the integrity and the sanctity of the prestige of the NBA by having play-in games in order to get into the playoffs as the seventh and eighth seeds Regular season records may not mean anything if teams lose a game, not a series, 
You cannot make the playoffs to a team that's seeded ninth or 10th in its respective conference. Besides silver instituting jersey ads of brands that don't fit the NBA's image and made the league's jersey like a NASCAR replica, coaches are not in suits, which is a totally classless move. Loud music echoes during half-course sets where viewers of games can't even hear the gameplay commentary by the people doing the play-by-play. Adam Douchebag, Jersey Ad, Levin Silver, who likes to drive to the loves on County Highway 35 in Hamilton, Alabama to eat cheap food, fitting for his classless personality, made the Lakers participate in a play-in game for the privilege to play in the playoffs, even though they finished 7th in the Western Conference due to injuries to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The Lakers had to play the losers from the Bay, the Golden State Warriors from San Francisco of Oakland. All silver sees are dollar signs and cares little about the game and the image of the NBA. The Lakers lost game one to the Phoenix Suns with CP Me on its team. The Lakers came back to win games two and three and the selfish CP Me says it's because of an injury to his shoulder. He's just getting ready to come up with an excuse to why he can't advance deep into the playoffs again in his long NBA career. The Clippers, meanwhile, have lost two of three in their series to the Dallas Mavericks because they've worn their gangster cholo uniforms made in a sweatshop on Los Angeles Street, (laughs) downtown Los Angeles. Kawhi Leonard, the trimmed PA, and PG general audience have already received large monetary contracts, so it'll be interesting to see if they can come back and beat the Mavericks after losing the first two to them in their series. Ty Lu, that's all I got to say. That's the joke, and he's the punchline. He sucks. Montoya, what do you think about the ridiculous playing games teams had to play just to get into the NBA playoffs such as the Lakers had to do? Well, instead of seeing it as a negative, I see it as a positive. If you take a look, Major League Baseball has done something similar to break ties for teams going into the playoffs. It's a one-game playoff, and whoever wins goes on to the next series. If it had been – if this didn't exist, I think these injuries would have decimated the Lakers to the point where the Clippers wouldn't have needed to – throw games to avoid them, they wouldn't have made the playoffs at all. So I actually appreciate the fact that the playing games are there. It gave the Lakers a chance to prove that they were worthy, that they could take out the um, San Francisco Warriors of Oakland, and uh, they, they, they're taking their rightful place in uh, starting to get, get it back together and get some rhythm going after injury if you take a look at games two and three especially this last game I think they're coming back to look more like the Lakers of old um it just gives them that opportunity to get their foot in the door and uh you know go go ahead and close the door on this season and go get another championship MLB still changed the game so much with putting a guy on second and extra innings um, I don't necessarily see a similarity in regards to a play-in. and um, Or you're also talking about a play-in for the seeding in MLB. Is that right? Well, no. Um, do you remember the movie Major League? This is where I first became aware of it. Um, 
they had to go up against the Yankees in a one-game playoff to get into the playoffs at all. A team that was expected to finish dead last so the owner could move to St. Louis, I mean Miami, and uh, get a new stadium. And everything backfired on her. But, um, so, you know, Major League Baseball, that is a true fact about Major League Baseball. They will do um, a one-game playoff if two teams have the same record and all of the other uh, tiebreakers are not broken. Okay. Well, that has been around for a while. Absolutely, indeed. Even back in the movie when the Major League was in movie theaters, which I saw in the movie theater with my dad when I was a kid. But the difference here is that's when two teams have the same record. This was just another money grab by the douchebag, Adam Jersey, Ad Love and Silver. And I don't think teams need to prove anything if they have a better record. All right. Teams within the seventh and eighth seeds, they should be guaranteed to go into the playoffs. That's how it's always been. Now, it's not like I'm just trying to be a traditionalist or a purist, but when you have all these seasons as precedent, it's just a money grab, and it's cheap. It's them trying to get more dollars, trying to get more people to watch in, um, you know, across the country, all right, to boost up the ratings to get more money and leverage in their next TV deals. The Lakers had nothing to prove, especially when they were in the number one seed for most of the season in the Western Conference. All right. And due to the pandemic and the postponed season, which was resumed, pushed into this season, which made this season start in December with only a short offseason. And you have these veterans like James and Davis who, okay, obviously felt some impact from the short offseason due to their injuries. All right, and I've even read that league-wide there have been an increase in injuries across the NBA due to what people think was a short off season. Quick turnaround to try and get this 70-something some odd game season in. So when you have a better record, I don't think you need to, you have to prove anything. When you have the same record, what traditionally is the case? What do you look at? Who has the tiebreaker in the in-season series between the two teams? Was it good for the Lakers to actually have this play-in game against the Golden State Warriors? I want to say yes and no. Because if anything, you're adding one more game to their schedule if they do make it to the finals and win the championship. Or, on the other hand, it was good because, hey, they needed an extra game in order to get back in sync since Davis and James missed so much time. I, I agree with you on that in terms of it was good to get them back into sync. It allowed, it's what, 
allowed them to be in the position they're in right now, in my opinion. Um, the first game against Phoenix, they looked terrible. Phoenix yeah. completely dominated. Um, to consistently be down by 10 for most of the game, I mean, that's just not Laker basketball. So to have that, and let's, let's be honest, that was just a sacrificial lamb with the Warriors. To get that sacrificial lamb, to get some cohesion going, to get you know the blood flowing a little bit, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. The other thing that I like about the play-in game is what everybody likes about the NFL playoffs. There's no series. It's one and done. And uh, this brings a little bit of that element into the NBA, which is already a fast-paced game to begin with. So bring a little, you know, it's, it's automatically a game seven. And uh, I liked it. Yeah. And I, well, I wonder if you'd be saying that if the Lakers weren't able to beat the Warriors. What if they played against the Warriors how they did against Phoenix in game one? And that's the thing. The NBA isn't the NFL. The NFL, you can't have a seven-game series because uh, the playoffs would take too long. They could only play one time a week. They really damage their bodies and need any recovery time possible. If you know One week is all they get to be able to recover and go out there another game. In four basketball, days. Four days. In today's oh, NFL, they get four days. You can play on Sunday and then have to turn around and play again on Thursday. Okay, um, true. I Everybody I has to do that one time a year due to this Thursday football. But, I mean, at the same time, yeah, that's that's a lot different than having seven days. Okay, but, but even then, that's still some rest time. Um, so had the Lakers lost that play-in game, I don't know if you'd still be saying that, number one. Number two – Phoenix did dominate game one. Davis looked very bad game one. He didn't look the best in the play the play in game versus the Golden State Warriors. So um, putting this whole one and done thing when there's so much at stake in the NBA, when you traditionally have seven game series, I thought was very, very risky to make things look very bad worse than how things look and how things have been looking due to the horrible leadership of the douchebag Adam Jersey ad loving silver. Well, as you know, I actually think Adam silver is the best of all of the commissioners. (laughs) I actually think he is the best of all of the active commissioners. I think he's the only one really trying to put in um, some originality. I think he's the only one, trying to mix up the game. And I believe he is positioning the NBA to overtake the NFL as being the most popular sport and the biggest moneymaker. Now, I really like the idea of this playing game. Let's just say, can you imagine if they had these playing games when Kobe was around? Can you imagine Kobe just turning it up a notch? We'd have Mamba squared for a playing game if, they had that opportunity. I just, I like it. I think it brings a lot of opportunity for someone to step up, take it from, you know, their normal uh, level 10 and make it level 15. I, I like it. Well, I still don't, you know, and I don't think the NBA will ever take the NFL and viewership or ratings anytime soon. 
Now when you have I think so it, I think when you take a look football. at look if you take a look at some of these players like Luka Doncic or the Joker, like these guys have a following in their home countries. So it won't necessarily overtake the NFL just straight in the USA. But I think with so many players, you have an opportunity for like soccer to see a lot wider range of viewers globally than the NFL has a chance at right now outside of the United States and Germany and maybe Mexico. I think it's harder for basketball and NBA to do that because there are so many games in the season. The NFL, you're now going to 17 games, and and it makes people want to watch it come playoff t- or time especially – and there's been so much buildup internationally with the Super Bowl, so people may not know anything about American football, but they may watch the Super Bowl. Um, true, yeah, NBA has a lot of international players, and that has grown. But you know what? Uh, I don't know. It's just a different dynamic. I mean, you just can't compare apples to oranges. Kobe, would, in his prime, he would not have needed a play-in game, Period. He would have always been the one or two seed. They would have never – I don't think they were ever the seventh or eighth seed ever, so I don't think he would have ever been in that situation ever. All right? And if you have uh, the playing games for people without even the same record or anything and like, you know, because uh, also traditionally if you're in the same conference, you play four games against each other per season. And if you have a two and two record against each other and he finishes with the same record, then you have to have a damn play in game. Okay. But um, that's if you're battling for the eighth seed and the eighth seed only, they don't do that at all or um, for like one through six and they never have. So, so, you know, let's agree to disagree on that with the, uh, and especially with the horrible leadership of the douchebag, Adam Jersey, ad and silver, what he's done to the game. And the integrity of the game, the classlessness of the game now, the loud rap music during gameplay, I can't even hear the commentary, and this damn playing game, and these coaches not in suits, you know? So, but... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm not a traditionalist. I, I'm not somebody who needs everything to be as it was in the past, but the coaches aren't even wearing suits. <laughs> they, you know well, what? Okay. They, they, they totally look cheap now classless when you have people in business suits you are role models to the youth of america (laughs) all right okay so nobody nobody has worn a suit i think the suit is like the dodo especially after this pandemic this no one's gonna see the suit anymore yeah and that's the thing kids won't even know business fashion you know, they, they won't even know what a suit looks like, especially the these important- kids in the inner city that, that watch the NBA. You know, they'll be like, what's a suit? You know, they won't even know when you, you know, need to wear a suit. The best part of business attire anyway is usually worn by women because I don't see a lot of guys in heels and skirts. And that's really what people like to see when it comes to business attire in the first place. Even girls like another girl in a good skirt and heels. Well, at any rate, moving on. 
<laughs> how do you think? How Actually, do you think the though, Lakers? I, I want to propose something to the listeners. What do you think about the playing game? Get back to us on Twitter. At LA Sports RT1. All right. So, Montoya, how do you think the Lakers have looked in games two and three of their series versus the Suns compared to game one? I think they look like the Lakers. I think they're playing Laker ball. Um, I don't know what happened, but, you know, it's always been said this is a bad stereotype. I feel like Jim Rome right now. Um, But the cream rises to the top, and LeBron, you know, he's considered – the best player around right now, and uh, he's definitely stepping it up. And I, I see Davis following in his footsteps, and they're getting in sync, and they're looking like the Lakers. They're looking like the team that the Clippers lost games on purpose to avoid playing. And in, in, in just hearing that, lost to lose on purpose, I mean, those those teams should be fined. They should lose draft picks. They, 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 I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, because they didn't want to play the Lakers. You play to win the game, Herm <laughs> Edwards. Um, but Arizona as far State. as yeah, and as far as they look um, terrible. You know what? Davis looked terrible game one, but he especially looked good game two, and he had a good game three. You said LeBron is still the best. You cannot dethrone the king. Until he decides to retire. Until he can't play. And until he doesn't play. The king is the king. And he is the best player in the world. However. He needs to be more assertive. And I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's his ankle. But you know what? Sometimes like if he's missing a few shots. He needs to um, dribble drive to the basket. And do what he does like Kobe used to do and get some easy buckets. And I, I don't want to say he's avoiding doing that, but it sort of looks like he's doing that because of the ankle injury. Well, he, I also I wanna I wanna piggyback on that because he took a lot of threes in the last game. I didn't like that at all. Or game two. Let's just say game and, two. I I didn't get to see game three. You know what? In talking about threes, they have been doing that all season long. They're shooting I don't it's like, like it. they don't even they don't even have a half court set anymore. It's just let's shoot the damn fucking three and and see if we can get the offensive rebound and score uh, when the defense is trying to get a rebound and we get the offensive rebound and let's score. There's like nothing set. Or let's have Schroeder do a pick and roll and and um and you know and have something go off there. But um or let's have somebody, you know, dr- uh, dribble drive like uh, Horton Tucker or Kuzma. And, and shoot with the, you know, a hand in his face from a defender. You know, I mean, it doesn't look like the offense of plays are anything in depth. It's very basic. Shoot the damn three. And and they're not the Warriors. Okay? I was going to say, everybody's like trying to be the Warriors from a few years ago. And it's yeah, stupid. It's, they and need that to- was a few years ago. And that was a different team. You got to play to your strengths into what you have on the team. And as far as, you know, you got Schroeder doing the pick and rolls, they need to do a little bit more of that. And they are and they need to do that a lot with Mark Gasol. He's very good on the pick and roll. Okay. What I don't like is when you have big players not on the block. 
they try to have spacing and have guys who can shoot the three come in like Kuzma or uh, Marcus Gasol at the three-point line. But then you have less of a chance, like if they're hanging out, out, out there, you have less of a chance to get an offensive rebound if everybody is at the three-point line and you're trying to create spacing for a dribble drive or isolation um, you know, by LeBron to beat his man, but he can't even do that because he doesn't even have the speed. And then when you have people like uh, Caldwell Pope not even making any shots, all right, he's having a horrible series against the Suns. Um, you know, I mean, I'm just happy to be up right now as of this moment, two games to one. All well, that right. was the issue in game one. That was the issue in game one is they were taking those shots that were way way too out of their range and they had no one under the boards and Phoenix was just eating that up. And that's why Phoenix consistently had at least a 10 point lead from like uh, halftime on. I don't think that the Lakers ever got below eight. Yeah. So it was, it was terrible. I'm just backing up your point and what you said, there was a change in philosophy from game one to game two and game three. More like Laker basketball. But the other thing that you said in terms of they are not the Warriors, that's not Laker basketball anyway. This team has most of the pieces. They should be trying to mirror Showtime. Yeah. And, and you know, and when you're dominating the boards uh, defensively and offensively because they have the size. Mm-hmm. Drummond, Drummond – Great acquisition. Definitely helps out on the inside. And he is a beast on the boards getting rebounds and whatnot. Okay? Um, Marcus Gasol just was not doing that. He's too slow. He's too old. He's too old, too slow. But when he is one-on-one in the paint, he does have the footwork, okay, and quickness there. But to move around – and to run across the court, he's horrible. Kuzma has tried to improve his defense, but, I mean, it's not really looking very good right now. Harrell, who is an undersized five when they put him in there, I mean, they didn't play him in games two and three. And then that's when the Lakers started to do good against the Suns is when they put some size, kept the size in at the five in games two and three by playing Gasol and um, and Drummond uh, mainly at the five and then switching Davis into the five instead of bringing in Harrell. And that is the way they will succeed. The rest of these playoffs is to exploit their size advantage over their opponents. Because in the end, it's still basketball. And you know what? Um, Size matters. Well, and that also works against your boy CP me. Because if he doesn't, if if he's having shots, um, he's not, a lot of people give him a lot of credit for being a really good shooter. I think he's a decent shooter, but I don't, I don't think he's in the upper echelon. And by having the bigger bodies under the board, you can turn those into turnovers, and that can be points on the other side. That's the Showtime philosophy anyway. That's been CP Me's um, makeup and description his whole NBA career, Montoya. Okay? People say 
He's a decent shooter, but he needs to shoot more. He's a good playmaker to get as a point guard, floor general, to make other players on the floor better. But in the end, when he needs to pick it up and step it up and score more, he's not that reliable. He can score when, uh, you know, when he has to, but can he score consistently and be that no. scorer and playmaker like Magic Johnson? No. Okay, so so now what is he doing? Oh, my shoulder, my shoulder. So so with the Lakers looking like the Lakers now, does the CP me injury even matter? No, because I think even if he was at full strength, just like we were talking about, when the Lakers have the bigger bodies out there, he's not Steph. He's not Steph. So he's mm-hmm. not going to hit those shots every time. And that is the opportunity for the Lakers to get the rebound and pull Showtime Part 3 and go coast to coast. No, But the Lakers themselves need to realize they are not Steph and they need to also push towards the basket. And you know what's very telling about CP me, who calls himself CP3? Um, he's yet going to have another early playoff exit in a long, long, probably Hall of Fame playoff, or excuse me, NBA career. But with many playoff exits, early playoff exits, I mean, this guy is going to be like more tainted than Charles Barkley as far as the legacy is, gonna, uh, is concerned. Charles Barkley oh, at least, at got, least made, made the, the finals and game. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. CP me is like, oh, my injury. Or, oh, when they were almost uh, the, uh, as farthest he's, he's, ever in the playoffs was in the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago with the Houston Rockets. And, oh, I can't play. And so the Rockets lost the Warriors and couldn't make the finals. And then that was the end of um, – like that's, I mean, that was the furthest he's been in the playoffs. So that says a lot about CP me and he's yet again going to have to say that it's because of an injury and not because of anything else about him or his gameplay. Well, if you, let's just go ahead and take a look at his days with the Clippers. He had Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. And what did he, what did, what did they accomplish? What did they accomplish? There was Nothing. a ton of talent. There was a Nothing. ton of talent. And the, you know the what? Clippers they still couldn't... have no banners. Yeah. They, you know, they were supposed to bring that first banner for the Clippers, and yet they couldn't. And yet they – you would have thought they could have taken out the Warriors, but in the end, the Warriors proved to be like their biggest nemesis. All right, and they just um, could not just have the confidence to ever play the Warriors. Whenever the Warriors got on those runs against them, they just hesitated, and their confidence dropped off a cliff, like Cliff Paul. So Honestly, if, if you could take the drive that um... – Who's the kid? His dad was the coach of the Clippers for forever. I call him Doc Rivers. Malibu's most yeah, Doc Rivers' kid. Um, Austin Rivers. I call him. Yeah, if you take if you could take 
Austin Rivers drive and desire and give it to CP3 with CP3 skills, you would have a more complete player. You would at least have, you know, someone with some desire because you got to give it to a Rivers. At least Austin tries. He doesn't have the talent, but he tries. You know, as what? much as you I want to call him Malibu's I, I most wanted, he that. tries. I I so disagree with that. He only got to play because he was the son of the coach. Bad son. And yeah. I don't know if yeah, I don't know if you ever played on a team growing up with the coach's son on the team. It's like the coach's son on the team always sucked. And the coach always tried to justify playing his son. You know? And and yet there were all of these other players always better than the coach's son that didn't get to play or play as much. So I think Austin River sucks. And you know I what agree else with I you. think? I, I call him I call him B-Rad from Malibu's Most Wanted, but let's take a look at CP Me. Didn't he have to deal with B-Rad in Houston? Didn't B-Rad almost get picked up by the Nuggets this year? I mean, he's still in the league. He's kind of like the Tim Tebow of the NBA in the fact that he tries real hard. He just doesn't have the talent. You know what? But he has the talent to remain in the league versus True. Tebow, so, who, yeah, who's I just agree. who's just – Who's just a jersey sales, uh, you know, player. But um, but anyway, let's talk about the NFL and uh, and and Tebow walking on water by getting another contract in the NFL later. But what do you? Um, well, let's uh, talk about the Clippers series um, briefly before we move on to MLB. But uh, Clippers are down as of this moment against the Mavericks. They lost the first two games of their series. They won the next game. Would you call the Clippers series versus the Mavericks a collapse? And does their um, uniforms, like do their Cholo uniforms have anything to do with that was made in a sweatshop <laughs> on Los Angeles Street in downtown LA have anything to do with it? You know, even when you're giving sweatshops that are local and keeping your money local um, business, it still doesn't help their product that they put on the floor. And I honestly think that it's karma. If you're going to throw games so you can avoid the Lakers, and then you go into a team that you that you honestly thought you were just going to walk in the door and they were going to roll over and just play dead so you can move on to the next series, but yet you're the one who's behind, I think karma has caught up to them and they're getting what they deserve. I agree. Karma has caught up to them especially when you have PG general audience on your team with his horrible cocky attitude, you know, I mean, I think it's just uh, bizarre. All right. That um, you have a player like that who has these, you know, or, and Leonard, they have special privileges over everyone else on the team. All right. In regards to, just because they're the better players on the team being treated like that. Um, I think karma has caught up to them and caught up to them like a bitch. Okay. Now, if the Clippers, well, did you hear what Kawhi advance, said tonight? Did you hear what he no. said tonight? What do you say? According to fan nation one hour ago, Kawhi Leonard says Clippers ain't done nothing yet after defeating the Mavericks basically trying to say, you know, oh, we're, we're just getting started. We haven't done anything yet. 
Um, do you think that's also going to turn into bullet, bulletin board material for the Mavericks to further motivate them? Yeah, but, you know, I don't think they need it. I mean, I don't think they're bothered by those comments because I think they have guys who can control their tempers and keep their focus, and that starts with Doncic, you know, yeah. Luka. And Luka is an amazing player. And he sort of reminds me of Magic Johnson and how confident Magic Johnson was as a young player, even though I was only a couple years old when Magic came into the league, you know, just from seeing highlights and and being a Laker historian. um, He has that confidence and that cockiness. I mean, he doesn't have the ring as a rookie like Magic got with uh, the Lakers and, you know, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But, uh, I mean, he has that confidence, that killer instinct mentality, that Kobe Mamba mentality where he doesn't want to lose. He just wants to win. And um, and if anything, that is what the Clippers should be afraid of. All right, right now, instead of using bad grammar and saying, we ain't done nothing yet, wearing their horrible gangster cholo uniforms, which were made in a sweatshop on Los Angeles Street in downtown LA. Well, there you go, Jamie Pavisich. Um, that wasn't me, but Faisal's given a tribute to your boy. So a friend of mine from back home, um, Luca, is from the same uh, place where his family is from. So while he does like the Joker, he's definitely rooting for Dallas. He and I have had a few conversations about that. and There's an opportunity for me to throw his name in there. Um, I definitely agree with you on Luca. Um, the guy's a beast. I don't necessarily call him Magic Johnson, but I see what you're saying. He's literally like a general, you know, coming down, pointing people, telling them where they need to be. He would be a perfect fit back in the Showtime days. Yeah, and uh, and and he has that killer instinct and that Mamba mentality. And you know, Luca is from Slovenia. And you know who else was from Slovenia? Uh, no. Oh. Go ahead. He played in Sacramento too, I think. I was going to say the machine, Sasha Vujacic, Vujacic, however you say his name, former Laker, <laughs> number 18, whom Bald guy. Bald I, guy. I hated. Sasha Vujacic, Vujacic. You know, all he would do is hug Kobe after Kobe made a big shot because he could never make a shot himself. And that was a waste of a draft pick by the Los Angeles Lakers to pick up Sasha Vujicic. And he called himself the machine. But at any rate, um, speaking of Kobe Montoya, Kobe Bean Bryant was a rookie in the NBA during the 1996-1997 season. And his rookie jersey sold for a record $3.69 million. What are your thoughts about that, Montoya? I think whoever it was that picked that up made a solid investment. Um, Kobe was already great. But there's something about the emotional attachment when somebody – who is, you know, um, a star passes away. Let's take a look at the Beatles. You know, the Beatles are considered one of the greatest bands of all time. 
by a lot of people. And I think it was really just the untimely death of uh, John Lennon. Uh, how many people have only heard of Sublime after uh, their lead singer died? It's kind of like that same thing. Kobe, though, what, what's different is Kobe had already proven that he was the best. And uh, his untimely death brings up nostalgia, brings up a lot of emotions. And uh, I think that jersey is only going to continue to grow in value. For all the points you made, Montoya, I completely agree with you. You know, I mean, um, other than the fact that um, when you talk about the Beatles and how they were significant in history of rock and roll and everything, yeah, it was an untimely death of John Lennon because he was murdered. So that was, um, you know, another uh, twist in that story there. Just like Kobe was sort of murdered by an irresponsible pilot who shouldn't have been flying in that fog. All right. But, um, and, you know, you talk about the nostalgia and whatnot. Yeah. Anybody who is a fan of um, something significant like an athlete like Kobe or a band like the Beatles um, who was, who were basically, you know, big, true influencers and icons in the history of the world you're going to see a jersey sell for something like that, $3.69 million. I mean, I don't know. I haven't done the research, but I'm sure John Lennon's stuff is probably selling for crazy amounts too, you know? Um, and other uh, actual things, uh, artifacts from them from back in the day. So, but, you know, just to put in comparison for the common Joe, like, um, you know, us. All right, like each of us, that's a lot of money, $3.69 million. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, but if you have the money, okay, spend it, fine. You got it? You want the actual sip? Say, I have that jersey, $3.69 million of Kobe Bean Bryant on the wall from 1996-97 season. By all means, you know, it's in your power, do it. Um, but just for me, I, honestly, I personally you know, think I would, it's a better I, investment. I, I can't think of doing something like that because I, I mean, come on, it's unable, it's impossible for me. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's mind blowing. I actually think it's a better investment than something like a Bugatti. A car is going to depreciate the second you drive it off a lot. I mm -hmm. see this Jersey doing nothing but going up in value. It's like a Ted Williams, uh, rookie card. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, um, I remember when I was a kid seeing a Mickey Mantle baseball card on sale for like $100, right? We're talking about the 1980s. And um, I don't know exactly how much it's worth nowadays, but, um, I mean, I looked years ago, and it's like thousands and thousands of dollars, that same card. Okay, and I was thinking, wow. If I was able to buy that baseball card for $100, all right, I could have sold it for thousands of dollars. You know, that was something. But for someone like us, I mean, or for people like us, it's not like we can just buy a Kobe Bean Bryant rookie jersey for $3.69 million and sit on it like an investment. There, It's just impossible. Um I mean, I know we have jobs. This is not our uh, real job, everybody. We're doing this, all right, on 
or during our free time, just to bring you our uh, love of sports. Okay. But we make money from our regular jobs. And I know we have decent jobs, but hey, we don't have enough money to pay $3.69 million for a real Kobe Bean Bryant jersey. So what do you think of that? Well, I mean, there's always going to be that tier of the haves and the have-nots. And uh, while we're definitely not have-nots, we're not super haves. And, you know, that's a, that's, that's a free market. It is what it is, um, you know, without getting too political. Um, that's part of what makes America, America in the fact that let the market drive the price up and if you can afford it, buy it. Yeah, that's economics. That's not political, Montoya, you know? I mean, uh, getting political on that is, okay, should the buyer have to pay a tax, luxury tax, since she was able <laughs> or she was able to buy that damn jersey, you know, Could, should there have well, been I a was... provision to fund programs for inner city kids since <laughs> that person was able to buy a Kobe Bean Bryant rookie basketball jersey? Well, that was the part of what I was saying about getting political is someone could say that there is some type of regulation that benefits someone else before someone can buy that. And while I think that's actually a good thing, and I think that would have been a better way to go, um, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because we are sports-based, but occasionally we, we dip the big toe into the political uh, jargon. However, that's, that wasn't my point in terms of this. It's just, you know, that could open up a can of worms in terms of the, just the word regulation because that would make it a regulation and that would make it political and that would make it left versus right, blue versus red, and you know, all of a sudden we're going down the rabbit well, hole. Well, it's not necessarily a rabbit hole. I mean, unless you get offended by it, and that's the thing, dangerous thing about politics, right? Um, but the thing is, you know, you put you put your weight in the people, the will of the people, just as the will of the people was to elect Joseph Biden legally <laughs> as president of the United States who won the election legitimately and in a fair manner because the American people voted for him. Not for negative 45, not for grumpy <laughs> Trumpy, Okay. Cold, cold not for the big not not for the big lie, but for Joseph Biden. Not so, for Colt 45. You know 45% you wanna, of the time. It works zero percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you talk okay, you can say regulation. Should there be a regulation if or some type of uh, condition for buying that jersey if you have the money? Yeah, that can be I'd, political, but does it immediately have to go left to right? You know, yeah, that's how people will take it, but that's a sad thing. You know, someone was able to pay $3.69 million for a fucking jersey. I'm sorry, Montoya. It's something I can get a replica on online. And you know what they're doing online now <laughs> for Kobe jerseys? 
they're they're selling them for like three hundred dollars now. All right, they're like it's like you know the same thing, replica, not the actual jersey from back then, not worn by him. Doesn't have you know his DNA sweat, you know perspiration <laughs> ingrained in that jersey, but um, they're they're still increasing the price of his jersey because he has passed away, unfortunately, due to that piece of shit pilot who shouldn't have been flying in the fog. Um, <laughs> but you know, but that's I mean, yeah, that's that's the that's that is the system. That is the free market system. Somebody had three point six million, three point six nine million dollars to buy that jersey, and uh, more power to him or her. Fine, that's great. But you know what? I mean, I hope nobody knows where he or she lives because, I mean, come on. Um, there are people who, um, yeah, like to, you know. Who was the NBA player recently who had posted something on Instagram and then, you know, shortly after they posted um, something on Instagram, the address was there and some people showed up and robbed him? Oh, I don't know. But I know. Um, or was it a baseball ago, player? Well, I, I don't know if it's the same story, but a couple years ago, when Yasiel Puig was a member of the Dodgers, his home was robbed during a baseball game. Um, Robert Woods of the Rams, during a game, he had his home robbed, you know, while he was uh, at a game because they knew he wasn't going to be there. Just like Yasiel Puig, they knew he wasn't going to be there. So they had their homes robbed. So, yeah, that shit happens, man. And, um, you know, I hope that person has good security. But, you know, I'm wondering if it's that one Laker fan I, I saw on the Lakers channel. Um, I bet you it's him. They showed he has a, like a Lakers museum in his home. And he has like all this actual I'm, – I'm pretty sure. I wonder if it's him. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I can't remember his name. And I don't know if it's the same guy in uh, – uh, that article you sent who purchased Kobe Bryant's rookie Jersey, but what else Montoya? Anything else? Um, let's take a look at the notes before we move on here really quick. Oh, since we're still on the topic of the NBA, what do you think about the Sixers banning the guy who, uh, you know, got into that altercation with Russell Westbrook? Well, um, I think you can't mess with a professional athlete. I agree with you. You can't mess with him or her. You can't touch him or her. They're not a toy. They're not to be messed with. They're not to be criticized. Or, or I, I guess you could yell and boo and scream. But to harm, you can't harm anybody. And that's like in real life, okay? No matter how much of a fanatic you are and you like your team, all right, you can't just do that. Just like you can't punch the teeth out of a flight attendant, all right, or, or, uh, or verbally abuse a flight attendant because you don't want to wear a mask on, on, you know, on a flight, all right? Um, people should know how to act and how to behave. And it shouldn't be something that um, needs to be taught. All right? And um, for somebody 
who will physically maim or try to physically maim or harm um, someone, that team, that company has every right to ban you from the game or ban you from ever getting on board another flight from that company, period. Okay? I remember when um, I was um, at a Clippers game, Got, I uh, remember we, uh, I don't know if it was uh, you with me, but I watched uh, Marco Yarich with the, with the T-Wolves, and he was uh, with, used to be with the Clippers, uh, sitting courtside, and I was yelling, Marco, you suck. And he Dude, heard that me. That was me. Yeah. You were there, right? Were you there? I was there. Okay. Yeah. So I was yelling, Marco, you suck. Okay. That's that's different than throwing something at him, spitting at him, trying to trip him, you know, um, or or whatever. Okay, I was just yelling that he sucked, and since I knew he heard me and he looked at me and he glared at me and all that, you know, I mean, I mean, okay, I mean, uh, it was harmless because he actually sucked. I was actually stating a fact, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, we I I did the same thing with another one of our common friends who has the same first name as me. Um, we went to a Clippers Suns game in the preseason, and it was DJ Strawberry, and uh, we were sitting courtside. And every time DJ had the ball, he and I would go Daryl, Daryl, and you know he hates his dad, so he was just getting so pissed off at us. And it was kind of the same thing. Did we deserve to get thrown out? No, because that's part of the game. But if we had physically thrown something, you know, something that could actually have physically hurt him, I think we should have been thrown out. But, um, yeah, in terms of the heckling and other things, I mean, that's been around for forever. It'll never go away. A guy in the – my grandparents lived next to his in Colorado. Um, he was part of that whole chair incident with Houston, you know, when the – the chair was thrown in the bullpen. Um, the heckling's going to happen. It's just something that happens. Yeah. I mean, heckling is not trying to um, throw something on someone, spit on someone, hurt someone. So, you know what? I mean, I think as um, we're seeing, and then, of course, like I mentioned with the plane, to abuse or verbally abuse flight attendants, um, that we've seen reports on the news has been that something has been going on a lot more during the pandemic and uh, people getting banned off of uh, like airplane flights forever. They can never get on that uh, company's airplane again. I mean, that's, that is just ridiculous that we are seeing an increase in this behavior. And I don't know if it's just because some of these fans are um, just, you know, have something going on or if it's pandemic induced or from cabin fever, quarantine induced, who knows, you know? I think it's 45 induced, to be honest with you. And now I'm the one who said we shouldn't get political, but we've also seen our own capital kind of sieged in the same manner. And um, I just feel like some of what he was spouting and whether you want to believe it or not, the president does kind of influence how people act. And it's kind of similar to how he acted. And now 
we're seeing that in all facets of life, whether it be on an airplane or whether it be at a sporting event. He you know, that, had no self-control and that's, it, it that's, shows. That's a good point. And it's not like he didn't have self-control. He has been a spoiled brat his whole life, rich boy, wannabe, power-hungry, cocky, conceited. He doesn't want to admit anything wrong with him. You know, um, that's what it was. You know, and, and, and the whole fact is you were right. Yeah, people do look up to people in the position of authority and power, whether if it's a manager of a company, a teacher, a coach, um, you know, a principal, leader in the government, president of the free world, has, has a lot of influence. And unfortunately, you know, yeah, I mean, people can influence others in a negative manner. And we really see the effects of that with Grumpy Trumpy, negative 45. And maybe that has boiled down, um, you know, trickled down, trickled down economics into the behavior of these fans at games and whatnot. And what we're seeing right now in the playoffs of the NBA. It's voodoo. Voodoo behavior to go with voodoo economics. <laughs> yeah. Trickle down behavior. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think you do have a valid point not to get political, but you know what? We shouldn't be afraid to say, hey, that's what we think. And if anybody thinks different, send us a message. All right. And we'll be sure to acknowledge your opinion. So what do you what do you think about uh, going into um, a little bit of a tirade about the Angels and the wasting away of Shohei Otani? Um, I say I'm all down. Let's do that. But can you do that after these messages? The Avs' quest for the cup begins tonight against the Blues. And our old pal Ryan O'Reilly decided to run his mouth. So how's this for a response? Hey, St. Louis, Mr. Crocky already stole your football team. Now he's going to beat your hockey team, too. You're the best avalanche at Nuggets Opinions on Sports Radio 104.3. The Fan. I, I like the ad that we just played. So do I. So do I. I mean, it has really has nothing to do with us or even L.A. outside of Kroenke, but uh, <laughs> I definitely thought it was a funny ad. And with the abs playing the blues and pretty much just smacking them down, um, tying it together with the Rams leaving because Ryan O'Reilly talked a little bit of trash. I got to give it to 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> that was a good ad. You know, it was a funny ad, even though I don't know anything about ice hockey other than the ice hockey game I had on the Nintendo Entertainment System in the 1980s. Well, the significance of that is Ryan O'Reilly was drafted by the Ram, or the Abs, and he's a great player. He's a really, really good player. And because he's playing in the playoffs, or he was playing in the playoffs against his old team, somebody asked the question, and he, Someone who's a leader, someone who has talent and can back up what they say, even though it was impossible for him to actually 
win because he doesn't have the talent around him that Colorado does. He said what he needed to say as a leader, and he put himself out there so that way he deserved that comment. He basically just said, we're going to come at them with everything we've got. And, yeah, that wasn't much because they ended up just getting pounded. But you got to respect Ryan O'Reilly for what he did in saying that, putting himself out there and trying to keep his team positive and motivated. But uh, that commercial, I just I thought it was hilarious. Well, Good thing is that the Rams made it back to the Los Angeles area. You know, so good. Cronky did steal St. Louis's football team, but they stole it from us. So screw them. So anyway, Montoya, let's talk about the Angels. Okay. The Angels are the laughing stock of Major League Baseball. And let's let's add to that really quick the fact that the Colorado Rockies have a millionaire for an owner, not a billionaire, and the Angels are the ones being laughed at. That makes it even worse because Colorado's issues are financial. The Angels have no excuses. Mm-hmm. Well, not only – is franchise owner Artie Moreno an insult to loyal dumbfuckin' fans in the OC, but they don't even know or aren't willing to acknowledge the fact that Moreno is the worst team owner in MLB. The LA Times is even suggesting that Shoei sure he's crying Otani become a member of the Dodgers. Is that a joke or what? Why not suggest Mike Trout be traded to the Dodgers too? That way, no decent player should waste away in Anaheim unless it's Albert Pujols, Josh Hamilton, and Anthony Rendon. It doesn't matter for any of those guys, but should it matter for the better players to not even go there? While Artie, who tries to look like the My Pillow guy, Moreno, is the owner of the Angels. Another example of the Angels being the laughing stock of MLB is that now. After many months of investigating Mickey Calloway for something supposedly many people in MLB have already known for some time that the dude is a pervert, the Angels finally officially fired Calloway. Artie, who tries to look like the MyPillow guy, Moreno, who admires people who try to emulate the former laughing stock of a president, Negative 45, liked Calloway enough despite MLB insiders already knowing for years that the dude is a pervert. But since he emulated negative 45, he hired him. And the Angels are not exhibiting the qualities needed to want to be a place to play and attract premium talent. It's not like players are going to sign for pennies on the dollar there to play anyway, especially pitching. The big A is no Coors Field. Yet, the Angels say they're always players for premium pitching. What a joke. Ha, 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 ha. Montoya, well, what do you think of the LA Times report on Otani suggesting that he become a Dodger? Well, let's take a look at that um, LA Times article. They called out Mike Trout and in saying that, you know, he volunteered to re-sign. He's had the opportunity to go to free agency, and he re-signed with the Angels. He made a choice, and I think that's a fair statement by the Times. He made the choice. No one 
No one took him into, you know, and put an almohada over his face, a.k.a. a pillow, <laughs> which I think is going to be my new name for uh, <laughs> Artie Moreno. <laughs> Artie Elmohada Moreno. <laughs> the, no, you know, the Elmohada did not go in and put a gun to his head or even a pillow. Mike Trout did that of his own volition. And you, some could say that Otani did the same thing when he came over from Japan. But he, I think he's realizing his mistake. And he has an opportunity to maintain the same market here in L.A. by moving 30 miles to the north to a more competitive team. So as much – and I am one of those stupid OC Angels fans that you just railed against, and I can't say anything to defend it. We are completely stupid for going to that stadium and funding El Mojadas. You know, speaking of El Mojada, <laughs> El Hombre, El Mojada, Moreno, Arturo, que el jefe de los ángeles, all right, es un owner muy mal no bueno. All right, no bueno al mojado moreno Arturo. I think he is a laughing stock. The team is a laughing stock. Mickey Calloway is a laughing stock. Joe Madden is a laughing stock. All right, I think Joe Madden has dementia or something. You know, I don't know. I thought he was a little loony when he was with the Rays. And um, I think he, you know, fell off a cliff with his cognitive uh, focus with the Cubs. But yet, he's with the Angels. But you can't blame the new Manazian for GM for hiring him because he didn't hire him. All right? Manazian doesn't know shit. Sorry for our young listeners but um, for that language. But, you know, um, he – has no control. You know who has control? Okay. Mi almohado muchacho. The almohada <laughs> or muchacho <laughs> or Artie who tries to look like the my pillow guy Moreno. Okay. I'm going to call him <laughs> Mi almohado muchacho. I like that name. <laughs> you know? Come on, he tries he you know, he tries to look like almohado guy. All right? The Mi almohado guy. Okay. Mi so, el mojado muchacho. <laughs> I so, love that name. <laughs> so. Uh, and he's just as crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. So, so what does that tell you? So what does that tell you about the state of the angels? I think that Otani, um, he went there by choice too. The Dodgers tried to sign sure he's scrawny Otani. But the dude wanted to be in Anaheim because Disneyland is like the biggest thing in Japan. All right. And it's on the West coast and it's a shorter flight to Japan versus Tanaka playing in New York city. You know, that's like an epic journey to go from New York city to Tokyo on an airplane. So, um, I don't know, you know, I mean, um, if, he went, or when he becomes a free agent, L.A. Dodgers have a chance. 
and he can still be that two-way player. He just needs to play in the field, you know? So um, if he's still a premium player, but I don't know. Like, he's already had Tommy John surgery. He is obviously a good hitter. Um, and we I know we've had this conversation before. And if he's leading – or like our last podcast when he was leading the league in home runs – all right, and um, I forget the pitching stat. First person since Babe Ruth to do it nearly 100 years. You know, I mean, usually if you're a good hitter, you don't pitch. Okay? So so that tells you a lot about still the state of the affairs with the Angels in pitching. And why are we always talking about the Angels and pitching? I mean, I just can't believe it. But you know Why? They can sign Anthony Rendon to a big, big deal, but they can't sign any pitcher to a big, big deal. You know, they didn't pay a lot of money for sure. He's scrawny Otani Montoya. So, I don't well, know. They, I mean, I think they got, him, both... they got him for an El Mojado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is still overpriced. Those my pillow, my my pillow pillows. You know. They're still overpriced. Hey, you, you, know, go, you, know what, you can though? go to Costco and Sam's Club and get a nice Las Vegas hotel-style pillow that's very comfortable, all right, for like 10 to 20 bucks. But those my pillow pillows, come on, Moreno. You got to, you know, you got to know when you're being conned with like a big lie, like a lot of people in this country Believing a big lie. Do you know any big lies? The big lie? Well. You know any? I do I do know that the Angels are still probably worse than the Pirates. I don't know if you saw that play. Between the I Cubs did. And the Pirates. I did. And that was, I mean, it was comical. Comedy on the base paths. But hold on. Hold on. But, um. But going back to the Angels, Montoya, since this whole Mickey Calloway thing just adds on to the whole Artie, you know, who tries to like, muchacho. who tries to look like the my pillow guy Moreno. Um in the whole thing that the Angels waited so long to fire Calloway. Because officially, they're like, oh, we want to wait until the investigation by MLB is complete. No, they just wanted to wait to say they can fire Callaway with cause and save money. But what does mm-hmm. that make him look like? You know, So they don't have to pay him the rest of his contract as a pitching coach. What does that show about the Angels? They're just penny pinchers. You know? Well, as uh- the guy, El, the guy, El Mojado, El Mojado Muchacho is also a supporter of 45, and he took the 45 approach. He, he didn't grab him by yeah. the pussy, even though there was probably a video of it. And you know what? I mean, what does that, what does that, what does that show to the world? That the Angels, okay, cannot spend money on pitching. They could spend money on Josh Hamilton. They could spend money on uh, Anthony Rendon. 
they did one thing right by getting Trout to sign the uh, rest of his career-based seemingly extension, you know. Um, they could pay money for Albert Pujols, all right, to steal <laughs> a quarter of a billion dollars from them, you know. But they cannot well, get any pitching, but they could get a pitching coach who is a pervert. <laughs> and a rapist. He's not even Mexican, according to Trump. <laughs> what a shame. What a shame. So, so how do the Angels look? Do they look bad? Well, let's look at the demographic of most of their fans, especially as you go further south. Um, <sighs> again, it goes back to this is in line with some of what they support. It's the Lauren Bobart effect. And, and are you talking about the rifle Barbie? I am talking about the rifle Barbie. Mm. So the, the GED only having rifle Barbie, but it goes along with that whole thing. Like, you know, um, if it is a guy who meets specific requirements in terms of race and everything else, they will support that he's innocent until proven guilty. But had he maybe been a little bit of a darker shade, um, maybe he doesn't get that benefit of the doubt. Even though El Mojado Muchacho does fit, you know, um, he does like some of these aging guys who speak Spanish in the terms of is Rendon going to be Pujols part two? Well, I think Rendon has a good chance to be Pujols part two. I mean, but the, just the money in Pujols and Hamilton, CJ Wilson um, was the only big signing of the angels. And that was like 20 years ago, you know, um, for pitching. So it's like, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. You know, we, need to see someone else in power with the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles or well, is it the I Los mean, Angeles Angels of Anaheim the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim <laughs> but you you make a valid point in the fact that the Los Angeles Angeles haven't had a picture of that's worth two squirts of piss since John Lackey and when was the last time John Lackey was on this team? 2002? Maybe 2004? Well, he was a rookie in 02 when they won the World Series, you know. And that's, I mean, that's what propelled the Angels to actually have more than 17,000 people at the Big A. Anyway, you know. But, um, but, but, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it goes from the top. And when you have people like that at the top, like Artie Moreno, you're going to see just a faulty product. Just like when you see uh, Rifle Barbie, doesn't she make her own meth at her restaurant? Well, when her husband's not flashing his junk at underage girls. Oh, yeah. I don't know so, if you heard I about don't know. that. No, I haven't heard about that at all, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, I mean, I guess that's what uh, some people look up to is people maybe, you know, the, um, you know, they make their own meth or or say they're all like righteous, but then uh, have their, you know, skeletons in their closets. Um, I, you know, I wonder when will some 
skeletons of Artie, who tries to look like my pillow guy, be revealed. Because maybe then he could sell the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I think he's going to need to get a black girlfriend and then talk about uh, black people in a derogatory way. I think that's going to be how he ends up leaving. Yeah. You know, I mean, before he um, damages the angels any further. But um, but now about another player personnel decision. What do you think about the angels finally releasing Albert Pujols? And what do you think about Pujols going to the Dodgers for the remainder of this season? The quarter billion dollar waste of an investment by Artie, who tries to look like my pillow guy, Moreto, the Al Mahado. And uh, finally <laughs> saying, Pujols, all right, you sucked for basically the last decade of your tenure deal. All right, we'll finally release you. Oh, Dodgers pick him up for the minimum for the rest of the 21 season. Well, it's not like this is an NFL contract where, you know, you get cut, you lose your salary. So I believe he's still getting paid by the Angels. And then the Dodgers said, hey, why don't you let me pay you the minimum for the rest of the year? And you're probably not going to do anything to earn that. Yeah. I mean, who's going to say no to that? Well, that minimum, still, the Dodgers are on the hook for a prorated portion of like $400,000 plus and the rest of his $31 million salary will be paid by the Angels and Artie, who tries to look like my pillow guy, Moreno. Well, you know, when you take a look at that in the bigger scheme of things, how many Kobe jerseys could just over this time? Well, I don't know. Um, if you take three point six nine million dollars and um, and have um, that, you know, two hundred, and you have a quarter billion dollars, I mean, that's uh, quite a few Kobe Bryant rookie jerseys. And if you get the knockoffs at three hundred bucks um, from a sweatshop in downtown LA. <laughs> No, you'd be paying in twenty to fifty bucks max. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I, I think I don't know what value other than the fact that he has experience that he's going to bring to the Dodgers. I see I mean he's not really gonna play for his base. What's he really gonna bring to the Dodgers? Well actually they've been playing him at first base. And they moved really? Muncie yeah, and they moved Muncie to second. So, I, I mean, I think it's a disaster. I think it's a complete disaster. Not only that, okay, um, they, they have Corey Seager. The Dodgers have Corey Seager injured, who has a broken hand, who got hit by a pitch on his hand. He's out at least a month. So they moved Gavin Lux from second to short, Muncie from first to second, and put Albert Pujols at first base. Now, I know, I see you, you're shaking your head, I agree, disaster, disaster. He's better Not off only, at third. Huh? There's too, there's too much action at first base. He's better I, off at third. You know what, I, I wouldn't even have him on the team. I wouldn't have signed him. I agree with you. You know, I, I don't, don't even, even want him pinch hitting because he, should have he been. can't hit. He hasn't been able to hit since 
the Louis. 2010 or 11 season is last in St. Louis. The dude can't – he went from the best hitter in the game to a 250 hitter for the last 10 years. And he can't and even he was, hit 200 right now. He was the prequel of the Rams coming to L.A. He left St. Louis for L.A. Well, at least the Rams have been decent since they've been in <laughs> Los Angeles, minus their first year with the stash, Jeff Fisher, um, when they went 4-12. But, you know, um, yeah, he came with all the hype, all the fanfare, and he stole $250 million from the Angels, basically. Um, he hasn't been doing too well with the Dodgers this last uh, week or so he's been with the team. Okay. And he's going to, I don't know. He's been holding his own so far at first, but as soon as more balls get hit his way, you're going to see his flaws defensively even more. And you know what? He's worse than Mark McGuire. When Mark McGuire was with the Cardinals playing first base, you know, defensively big Mac, um, he, I mean, that, I thought that was questionable when he went to the Cardinals, he was traded there, but when he re-signed with them, instead of going to an American league team where he could play more DH, um, I mean, he was, yeah, he, he was like sort of like a liability at first base. Um, and that's what Pujols is in the national league playing first base. And, um, you know, I, uh, and they kept him They said like, okay, you could probably be playing first be pinch hitting but guess who's coming back tomorrow cody bellinger from his uh his broken leg and guess what dave roberts said that he's coming back to play center field so cody bellinger has experience at first base he has played first base for the dodgers but he's coming off of a broken leg and they're putting Bellinger back in center field instead of first base. Now, is that ridiculous or what? I don't know. It just seems to me like uh, he has a 10-year-old reputation that he really hasn't earned, and he's getting paid for it. But who am I to disparage somebody's money? Um, good for him that he's getting that second paycheck from the Dodgers. Um, I just think it's, I, I think it's a bad idea in, in terms of the Dodgers. Like he's not, he's but not bringing do anything. It, do you think it's a bad idea that Bellinger will not be pay, playing first base when he comes back from a broken leg injury? Yes, because he has a broken leg injury. Center field, you have to run. And, yes. Uh, Depending upon, you know, how strong that leg has rehealed, I think the opportunity for him to re-injure himself in the outfield is better than what it would be if he was at first base. That's why David Roberts sucks. All right. But who sucks more? Dave Roberts as manager of the Dodgers or Artie, who tries to look like the MyPillow guy, Moreno Al Mojado? Who sucks more? <laughs> Uh, Artie. Yeah, I agree. Artie does suck. Doesn't he suck? Well, Rob- Roberts has the most recent World Series ring. 
Artie has Marino never wasn't the owner when the Angels won the World Series in 2002. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. In all of Major League Baseball, Roberts has the most recent ring, and Artie has no rings. So I think that argument in and of itself is settled just by that alone. Who's better? So there's our who's better segment, Artie Moreno or Dave Roberts. And that's a Uh, (laughs) no-brainer. We have a different one on on the slate. But um, but, at any rate, so let's go back to your uh, comment about the Pirates and Cubs, which resulted in the Cubs getting a run. How, stupid. how stupid was that? Was that I just think the stupidest th- thing in baseball in a long time? Or, or Artie, who tries to look like the MyPillow guy, Moreno, looks stupider? I'm going to say, I don't know. After watching the film on that, I think there are three-year-olds playing t-ball who know <laughs> – what to do in that situation better than some of these major league players. Let's just be honest. That was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. And even El Mojado was probably going, Oh, those guys are bad. Yeah. If he knows anything about baseball, that's what he would be saying. But I question, I question, I question that. I do question that. I don't think, I don't think he knows anything about baseball. And he's not even from Southern California. He's from – yeah, I think he knows more about pillows also. <laughs> he's not even from California, you know? I think he's sabotaging the Angels with this horrible, horrible approach to ownership. But um, you have to admit that, um, you know, the way, the way that run was scored between the Pirates and Cubs, um, getting in a rundown – um, allowing the guy to, to score. That was, that was, I mean, kind of ingenious, you know, but the fact that that was able to, um, to actually go on and happen is, is something in this day and age in baseball, in MLB. So... But I, I, I just, you know, for as much as it costs to go to a game, you know, buy some nachos and, you know, get a beer, I just think that the players should have a basic understanding of situational baseball. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, that's like Little League. Yeah. Not even Little League. That's like T-ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, dang, man. You know, Tim Tebow uh, could throw a pass more effectively than those guys handled that play. Ooh, and that's a lot for you to say that. Yeah, that says a lot about that play between the Pirates and the Cubs, which resulted in the Cubs getting a run. But um, anyway, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL Montoya before we wrap it up with our "Who's Better" segment. Everybody coming up and talk about. Who's the better LA team, the Lakers or the Clippers? But uh, Montoya, um, Matthew Stafford has looked good in practice at organized team activities. The Rams have been practicing with Austin Corbett at center. Was this on the Rams planning board the whole time to play Corbett at center? They lost center Austin Blythe to the Chiefs, and they'd be stupid to play Brian Allen at center who tried playing 
the season before last, a center before he was uh, injured for the rest of that season in 2019. Yet, they didn't draft a center this year. Big-name players Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Leonard Floyd have been absent at OTAs, even though they're voluntary practices should they be there. Montoya is probably praying for Rodgers to land in Denver, everyone. But will it actually happen? Julio Jones wants out of Atlanta, and the Rams have the second best odds to land him, according to Las Vegas. Do any of these off-season NFL rumors have any validity? First, Montoya, what do you think about uh, the Rams putting Austin Corbett at center, and supposedly he's um, looking good? Well, everybody's going to look good when you're playing seven-on-seven. And there's no pass rush and, you know, there's not a whole lot going on. So let's see what happens when they get – when he's lined up against uh, Aaron Donald and they tell Aaron Donald, you know, unleash. So we'll see what happens there. The Broncos drafted a center when they didn't need one. Um, and uh, it appears that this guy that they drafted is actually better than Lloyd Christianberry III, who just won a national championship with LSU before coming to the Broncos. So maybe they can work out something to get Lloyd Cushenberry over to the Rams if this guy they, that the Broncos drafted ends up uh, taking his job. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens when we actually get to some live plays and Aaron Donald is, uh, you know, they, they take the leash off of him. Um, if he still looks good then, then I'm going to say, yeah, this was a great move. If uh, – you know, look, if he doesn't look good, at least Matt Stafford came from Detroit. So he's used to, you know, kind of running around for his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yes, I want to agree with you in the fact that um, he does look good because it's just OTAs. All right. But I think the Rams have a history of cross training players to play different positions. And especially in the interior of the offensive line. Well, from what so I read have, about Corbett, he's very, very, very um, athletic. And, you know, he, he can – he's very versatile. So if that – what you said is right now is true, he fits the mold perfectly. Yeah. He's had experience. He, they, they, they acquired him from the Browns. And he had experience a couple years ago with the Browns in the preseason playing center. And he was playing guard. Okay. Now they're, they're, it's looking like they're going to move him at center. And they're going to um, play Bobby Evans at right guard. All right. So, you know, and, and last time they lost the center, um, it was, uh, I think it was Sullivan, the veteran, who was good, who was their center during the Super Bowl. And they tried to put Brian Allen, a fourth-round pick, in there in the 2019, 2019 season, and he didn't do so well. He's also a little undersized at 6'2". Another thing Corbett has an advantage over Allen is two inches. He's 6'4". And he looks like a bigger guy. Like, just from being two inches taller... Um, you know, and I think, I mean, um, 
Whereas Allen looks a little stocky being a 6'2". Allen looks like, okay, a big 6'4 guy who can – I don't want to say, you know, I mean, those those guys in, on the offensive line, they're, they're big, okay? They're big, big players. So I think McVeigh knew something, all right, since they're playing uh, Corbett extensively at center. And that's why they didn't draft – a center during the draft. But you also got to think, you know, all the good centers go early in the first two rounds. This guy Corbett was a second round pick of the Browns. Okay. In uh, 2018. So that is kind of interesting. And I think McVeigh knew what he was talking about there. As far as not drafting a center and you have Andrew Whitworth still coming back at left tackle, who's 6'7". All right? You want to talk about size of these centers. I mean, you got a 6'7 guy, Whitworth, at left tackle, okay, who's 39 years old, who's going to turn 40 December 12th late in the season. And, you know, week 17 is going to be past, um, like, in January. Week 17 or week 18, because we're going yes. to week, um, you know, um, we're going to a 17 game season. We're going to have 18 weeks. Week 18 is now in January instead of week 17 ending the season uh, like December 31st or whatever. So that's going to be another interesting thing. So anyway, that's you know, can Whitworth, big center, make it all the way through? Can Corbett be the guy in center? Rams certainly don't want to play Brian Allen. I don't think they should play Brian Allen at all. I uh, just as a bench player, if they have to, because I think he was a disaster when he played center in 2019. And then when he got injured, they put Blythe in there for the rest of 19 and he was the center for 20. Um, But what about the big name players not being present at OTAs? So you say, you know, we will know until Aaron Donald is unleashed on the dude. Um, but he's not there. Jalen Ramsey, he's not there. Leonard Floyd, he's not there. OTAs are voluntary practices. But should big-name players attend OTAs? Well, if you take a look at what happened to some players uh, in this offseason, specifically with the Broncos, look at Juwan James. Look at uh, the kid from Penn State, um, Deshaun Hamilton. They were both practicing away from the facility. They both got injured, and they both lost their contracts, um, and they're not going to get paid. So what's the moral of the story? Yes, they have workout clauses anyway. They should be showing up for OTAs. They should be working out at the facility to guarantee that they continue to get paid um, and not risk getting hurt away from the facility. So that's, that's part A. And then just unless you won the Super Bowl last year, everybody should be at OTAs because you didn't win at all. You know, you got a good point about working out at the team facility versus working out on your own. And the NFL did just remind teams and players about just that. If you are injured and you're not uh, injured 
at the team at the facility. facility, you're not going to get paid. And that is, James. that is a big, big point you made. Okay? So you know these guys, especially Aaron Donald, you know they're working out. You know it. Aaron they Donald posts. Yeah, they, they they post the workout, you know, um, footage on Twitter and whatnot, and um, and uh, what they're doing for workouts, jumping on stuff. Or Aaron Donald has been on Twitter getting like uh, plastic knives being stabbed at him and a fake, you know, fake knives, you know, for as he's running through knives or I don't know. Like I mean, the, but the point is they're working out. It would be better if they're working out with the team. It's you want to know why? Just... You want to know one thing that separates the being at the facility and working out at the facility versus working out on your own? You're going to be a trainer, and that trainer is going to make sure that you have properly stretched everything. And I think I've never looked this up, but if you were to take a look at the numbers of workout-related injuries in all sports. It most likely happens when the athlete is working out away from the facility and they're not with the trainer who's going to force them to stretch. Essentially, you know, it's a two hour workout and for 90 minutes of that two hours, they're pretty much just doing some kind of strength stretching before they actually get in and start doing the bench press and some of those other things. And it's the stretching and being limber that prevents the injury. Yeah. I mean, you could also make a point that uh, all these guys have their personal trainers anyway, too, and that they're probably doing the same thing. But the whole thing is liability if you get injured, doing it with your team trainer at the team facility versus on your own. And for someone well, like Aaron Donald, did. for someone like Aaron Donald, that's potentially a lot of lost income. Well, and if you take a look at Juwan James, who who played, what, like 15 plays for the Broncos and had an Albert Pujols-like salary that was pretty much mostly guaranteed, um, that was a godsend for the Broncos for him to get injured because this is the biggest part of his contract. He screwed himself by not going to the facility. Um, the guy has, hasn't done anything because he's consistently injured. When you have an injury history – like Juwan James, and you have a big contract, you should be going to the facility, you should be taking part in OTAs because you need to be getting better at your craft because you haven't played in four years. So I just think, and I'm using Juwan James as an example, and he's an extreme example, but you should be protecting yourself, your investment in you, and you should be protecting that paycheck because that's what you've worked so hard for all of your life. From the point when you were in, you know, pop corner football up until the point where you're in the pros, that's the whole reason why you put you put your body through all of that. And to not protect it to me is just stupid. Yeah. I agree. You know, and I mean in that and maybe we should be having a talk about um, guaranteed contracts in the NFL, but I mean that's just what it is right now, and that's the nature of the game, nature of the contracts. I mean, um, well, you can blame uh, the players association for that. You can also blame during the lockout. If you remember the lockout a few years ago, um, what was one of the wins, the alleged wins that the players got 
you know, they got um, practices that were less intense. Well, what ended up happening from those less intense practices, it ended up leading to a lot more injuries. And sh- So again, the NFL has the worst union, the worst representation, and that's why they have the worst pay scales and they take the most, you know, they're playing a sport that has the most injuries. You're guaranteed to get injured playing football. Um, and, uh, yeah, you get cut, you lose your salary. It's not like Major League Baseball where you're guaranteed to get paid for the whole salary that you signed. It's not like the NBA where you're going to continue to get paid. You get cut, you don't get paid. So, um, to go back to what you were trying, what I think you were trying to say is it's a matter of their union just being such pushovers and probably DeMar, DeMora Smith needs to be fired. Mm. But well, that's a completely different discussion and a rabbit hole that isn't specific to L.A. that we probably shouldn't touch. Well, I mean, you know, anything is on the table because it always, I mean, it will affect the players everywhere. In L.A. No matter yeah. what, you know, here, there, wherever. But um, have to ask you, though, about Rogers, these latest rumors, this link – you sent me about a potential deal maybe that could go through, but because of dead cap money implications that you need to have some time to pass before it could go through. But will it actually happen, Rogers, to Denver Montoya? I'm going to say it's going to happen. And the reason why I say it will happen after June 2nd is not only the dead cap hit for the Packers, but the fact that when Aaron Rodgers digs in his heels, he's the one guy you don't want to fuck with. He's the guy who is so determined he can throw Hail Mary after Hail Mary after Hail Mary and have them answered. But at the same time, he's the same guy who can derail your team because your general manager completely pissed him off. Now, that's a double-edged sword for the Broncos because they have a lot of great young talent that needs a quarterback who can throw the ball to them. Imagine Aaron Rodgers with the Broncos receivers and their tight ends. Imagine that. Um, the, The 2013 Broncos are calling going, please don't sign him because we have a lot of scoring records that he's just going, going to obliterate with these receivers. Um, well, besides that, okay. Rogers, as we discussed last time, he wants the GM fired of the Packers. All right. Additionally, he likes being in the news in the NFL. Okay. The Rams inquired about Rodgers. He is happier when he is talked about by everyone in league circles, in the media, and whatnot. All right? Will it actually happen? I doubt it. Come on. You think think it's going to happen? What do you think think about Elway and Rodgers playing golf in Northern California last week? You know what? I mean, okay, but um, I'm sure a lot of things were discussed there off the record. But I don't think the Packers will do it. I just don't. But 
if it happens, hey, I hope, I mean, uh, the only way it can happen is if the Broncos give up a lot of future first round draft picks. For hey, I'm more than happy aging, to do that. For an aging quarterback just to get him his last few years, kind of like a Peyton, Peyton Manning scenario. But hey, like you mentioned, um, yeah, there could be a lot of uh, new records. All right, in Denver. At the same time, look what happened with Peyton Manning. They won a Super Bowl, right? They went to two. They went to two Super Bowls in four years. I'll take that because look at how long Champ Bailey was with us. And he saw one Super Bowl throughout his whole career. And let's take a look at the history of the Rams with the Super Bowl, just to give you a smaller microcosm. They played against the Steelers as L.A. and lost. They played against In the, Rose the Bowl. Oilers. They, yes, they played against the Oilers slash um, – that game was – that Super Bowl was at the Rose Bowl. That's technically a home game for the Rams. It was, and the Steelers won. So, won the first home game by you know at a Super Bowl. Technically, is not correct. I mean, he did win the first no. home game, but he didn't play in it. But technically, the Rams, then, that's like the Rams were in not. their home market, but it was at the Rose Bowl. Yes, okay. I guess you could say this. I guess you could say the same thing though when San Francisco played Cincinnati, um, and they played them at Stanford. Well, I mean, I remember they played. That was the Icky Woods Shuffle, right? Yeah, Icky Woods Shuffle. But at any rate, but what were you going to say? Finish your point. Um, I completely got sidetracked. What was I? What was I saying before that? You lost your train of thought, huh? I so did, but I was bringing basically... up. You're bringing up. Okay, the history of the Rams in the Super Bowl. With uh, oh, losing yeah, to yeah, the Steelers, yeah. I, I remember my with point. I remember. Winning uh, as the St. Louis Rams, greatest show on turf, defeating the Tennessee Titans, I, losing to the Cheetahs of Tom, and Tom Brady, Brady and Bella Chi, and losing to them again many, many moons later and with the Mick Magic as coach. So, my point is. How many years went by before the Rams made it back to the Super Bowl? So if we well, can get come on. two it's, Super it's not Bowls, easy. Yeah, right. It's not. We easy. can get two Super Bowls in four years. I would much rather give up the future Paxton Lynch potential trade and have the sure thing than uh, you know have another ex have another guy get drafted in the first round who either throws a wounded duck like Tim Tebow or would prefer to play Madden and call that practice. Well, you know what? Speaking of Tebow, I mean, I, I have to ask too, since he's a former Denver Bronco first-round draft pick of the Denver Broncos. Um, he was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars because his former coach is now the head coach of the Jaguars. But he wasn't signed as a quarterback because we all know he can't play quarterback. And he threw a wounded duck. <laughs> that's funny. I like that analogy when he was quarterback because that's because he couldn't throw the football. But yet he can sell a jersey, whether it's in Denver, whether it's in New York Jets, 
whether it's a member of the New York Mets. And (laughs) now, guess what the number one selling jersey is? Tim Tebow's uh, tight end number jersey for the Jaguars. And that's a position he's never played. And how long has Tebow been out of the NFL? A decade. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So what do you well, think the guys, of that, Well, the guy's Monclo? never blocked. The guy's never blocked. The guy's never caught a ball. Um, I mean, pretty much the only thing he's suited for is uh, he would be perfect if he was suiting up against Sammy Baugh with a leather helmet in the 1920s because he pretty much was meant for that old Air Force wishbone type of offense that Navy ran back in the 20s. That's pretty much the only thing that he can do. And to try to say and market him as if he's going to be the new um, uh, Taysom, the, the guy that the – Taysom the, Hill. Yes, thank you, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill can actually throw a spiral. Um, there's a reason that Mark Sanchez beat out Tim Tebow in New York and in Philly. I mean, it happened for a reason. Um, so – call him Taysom Hill is stupid. It's a waste of time. The guy's never blocked. The guy's never caught a ball. The guy went and was homeschooled so he could go to a school, a high school that would allow him to play quarterback. And um, now he's going up against a generational talent and he still wants to try to play quarterback. It's ridiculous. This guy's a glory hog, which, you know, if he was truly the um, religious person he claimed to be, he would want the glory to go to someone else, maybe someone with the talent like Trevor Lawrence, as opposed to trying to take, you know, this glory position so he can turn it into money. So that's really all this is, is it is a money grab by um, Tim Tebow in the name of Jesus. Well, he took um, a snap or was on special teams in December, 2012, when he was with the New York Jets. And that was his last game action of football. December 2012, Montoya. You said money grab, and that's all it is. Or Urban Meyer actually think Team Tebow can still play football all this time later. But you know what? <laughs> he was. You know, actually, he just wants to make up for that Alabama game. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But but the fact is, if it's there's some definite special privilege going on there between um, uh, or that's being granted Tim Tebow here. Yeah. Okay. Colin Kaepernick actually took a team to the Super Bowl. Tim Tebow could, can't even throw – a spiral, yet he's going to be in the league. There's absolutely no reason for that. If he was Native American, his name would be Runs on Water, Throws Wounded Duck. Like, honestly, this is a waste of time. The NFL is using it as a money grab to sell some jerseys as well. And the Jaguars, let's be honest here, they need to get some butts in the seats. So you bring the hometown kid home. Um, You're trying to save the team from moving to London. Um, and so the head coach is going to something he knows well. 
Yeah, he knows well, but he knows that it'll bring some buzz around his team and um, give his uh, team some income, especially if his jersey is the number one selling jersey as of this moment. And, you know, the interesting thing is he may not even make the damn team. <laughs> well, you know, they took in the second round, they took uh, a Clemson running back. So if this kid gets hurt, um, they can always bring Tim back to play um, the Mike Allstott role. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's just um, – It won't be glory yeah. enough for him, but that's actually something that fits his, his skill set. Except, again, he's not going to be a fullback because he can't block. Yeah. We'll see. But what do you think, Montoya? Should we get into who's better? I think it's time for who's better. Let's do this. Finally, everybody, we're going to do our Who's Better segment, where this time we're going to decide the better L.A. team. Montoya, who's better, the Lakers or the Clippers? Now, we're not even going to look at this historically, because if you look at this historically, I mean, um, the Clippers make the Angels look the current angels look good historically. So we're not even going to look at their time when they first came to LA from San Diego or when they left Buffalo to go to San Diego. We're going to compare the teams as they stand right now. And in terms of talent on paper, they should be keeping pace with the Lakers, but the Clippers are a team who purposely lost so they could avoid playing the Lakers. The Clippers are having a hard time with the Mavericks right now. I'm going to say that the Lakers are the better team because the Lakers went in as a lower seed. They um, had to play a play-in game, and they're steadily taking control of their series where the Clippers just got their first win in the series that they should be dominating. What do you think? You know what? If we're just going to base that off of the current, the present, this moment in time, I have to agree with you about the Lakers. Um, And number one, you know, I could talk about the Clippers, their image, and how that image has uh, just ruined them. I don't know, almost as much as Adam Douchebag jersey at Love and Silver has ruined the image of the NBA with their Cholo uniforms made in a sweatshop on Los Angeles Street. But, you know, but that being said, looking at their record in this shortened season, okay, they are 47 and 25 going in the playoffs. Lakers, the defending champions of the world, all right, are 42 and 30. So that's a difference of five games. That's not much in a competitive Western Conference, especially when you have so much missed time by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Okay, number one. 
Number two, let's talk about Ty Lu because we don't really talk about him in the NBA segment. And I think <laughs> I think Ty Lu, former Laker player in the nineties, early two thousand, he was as bad a player as he is a coach. I think he is a worse coach, and I think he sucks. Ty Lue is a joke. He could have been coach of the Lakers, and that's who LeBron wanted. And we could all be thankful that he was holding out and insisting on a five-year deal. Okay? When you get a job offer, unless you're a superstar, either player or coach or whatever, you have no right to dictate the, the terms. You should be happy to get an offer in the first place. And he only got an offer to be coach of the Los Angeles Lakers because of the King LeBron James. Okay. So when you have, all right, the trimmed paw, Kawhi Leonard, PG general audience, and you enable them, empower them with special privileges Versus preaching a team that is a strike. One. When you can't keep a Montrez Harrell, six player of the year, co six player of the year with his teammate Lou Williams last year, okay? Um, and he intentionally takes less money to stay in LA. But go with the Lakers. That's just a lot about your culture. Strike two. Culture environment is everything. You have this team. All right. The number one team in the West was the Utah Jazz winning 52 games. That means. Okay. um, Let's see. That was 10 games better than the Lakers. Which is significant. I would say. And five games better. So the Clippers are in the in between. But guess what? The Clippers didn't have significant injuries throughout the season. The Lakers did. So those 47 wins, could, should that be closer to 50 in this 72-game uh, season? Yes. Did Ty Lu have anything to do with uh, getting anywhere near that number? No, because he sucks. Okay. Number one. Um, number two. You have you have um, a significant amount of injuries with the Lakers and time missed. Okay, but guess who's playing better basketball in the present? Who's up in the series that they're playing right now? The Lakers. Okay. Well- this could this could all be dated, you know, by the time of our next podcast. But okay, we'll update everything, and we'll come make. I'm sure we'll make comments about this to see um, who's still in the playoffs and if they're both in the playoffs or not. Okay, but um, I mean, you have a good Phoenix Suns team, and we were talking about the Phoenix Suns last year, how they got hosed in the bubble. For going there, going undefeated, and not even going to the playoffs or play-in game or anything. So, so you know, I can't say anything good about the Clippers. 
over well, the Los tanking. Angeles Lakers. When Tyronn Lue allows tanking. Tanking. You know? What does that say about your culture? Yeah. Yeah. That's another strike. So are we are we past strike three? You know? We're at strike three right now. Right? But it, it just goes to show. I mean, the Clippers, even with Ballmer, who I think is a good owner. He's not Artie Moreno. He's a legitimately good owner. And even with Ballmer, they just seem to be cursed. You know, I don't want to say um, I don't want to say they're cursed because he's trying. But the thing is, he's trying with the wrong people. The only way for him to get Kawhi was to get PG Jenner audience, Paul George, and Kawhi still is not signed an extension and will be a free agent. But it's looking like people are saying, "Oh, he will re-sign with the Clippers." Because they're the only ones who can give him the most money. Paul George already re-signed an extension with the Clippers over a couple hundred million dollars. But he's not worth it. No. no. He's not worth no. it. He's done nothing in his career. He hasn't even won a ring. Kawhi Leonard is worth it. Okay. Um, but What did he do in is, Indiana? Nothing. At what least in San Antonio, Kawhi played a factor in a ring. Yeah. And in Toronto, yeah. championships. So, so looking at that, you know, I mean, the Clippers, I feel sorry for Bomber. But, um, yeah, I honestly wouldn't have brought PG Jenner audience to, okay, the Clippers. I'm wondering if they could re-sign Kawhi and ship George out of town because he needs parental guidance. Parental guidance and Tyron Lu cannot provide that parental guidance or guidance. <laughs> Pen drop. Pen drop. So I think we agree that even the in the present incarnation. With the Clippers being a higher seed, the Lakers are still the better team. And that is what we agree upon for the better LA team. And on that note, Toya! You know, I have I have one more thing I want to discuss. What's that? Bring Jim, it up. Jim, Jim Rome had the clones. I think we need to have the Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> yeah. The Knights of the Round Table. We need to have a joust off on Twitter. <laughs> Let's have our, our our listeners do a joust off on Twitter by mentioning at LA Sports RT1. Alright, uh, great show tonight. Um got it thank you everybody who's listening and uh i think that's a wrap so that's it for today everyone thank you very much for giving us a listen if you have a question you'd like toya and me to discuss please let us know and give us a follow on twitter and instagram at la sports rt1 until next time take care